Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at First United Methodist in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm glad you could join me for this episode. <clears throat> I just want to... Uh, again, talk a little bit about what's going on in the life of the church. I think that's why we named this podcast what we did. And so that's where we're going to go. We have coming up this Sunday, our town hall meeting, which is probably one of the big things on my agenda right now. Uh, 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 We started these town hall... uh, You can tell sometimes when my brain is working and sometimes when it's not. So we started these town hall meetings last year as a way to facilitate communication between the leadership team and the larger congregation of the church. Uh, I think it's really important that that um, people have access to the information about what leadership team is doing and the decisions that they're making. Um, and for people to have opportunity to voice uh, their opinions, their questions, Um, and ideas and dreams and things like that. Uh, And so last year, we did three town hall meetings. And I think uh, the plan, again, is to keep those on the schedule regularly, again, for the opportunity for the congregation and the leadership team to be able to have dialogue and conversations about things that are happening in the church, especially pertaining to decisions that come before the leadership team. And remember that our leadership team, uh, they kind of make the big uh, administrative um, decisions for the church. So leadership team is made up of 13 people um, and they cover, uh, there's three that specialize in finance. So this year that will be Dave Corneman, Eric Lancaster, and Laura Slowey. And so those, you're going to be hearing from them at the town hall meeting. Um, where we and then Diane Kish also serves on leadership team, but as a non-voting member, she is our financial assistant staff person at the church. Um, so between the four of them, you're going to be hearing about where we ended 2023 um, in relation to our giving and our budget. Uh, the good news is uh, that we ended the year better than we had anticipated. The not so good news is that we still ended the year in a deficit meaning that we did not have um, enough giving to cover all of our expenses. Now, uh, that wasn't a big issue because we do have reserve funding at our Dakota's Foundation um, that we can pull from to help cover that gap. However, we do not want to keep that practice as a regular practice. And so that was why there was so much discussion at the end of last year around our 2024 budget. And if you remember, our 2024 budget um, (laughs) was not approved yet in 2023. Uh, The finance team did a lot of work and I wanna give a special shout out to Mark Mooney in particular who rolled off finance and I think probably was ready to by the end of December. Um, And Diane for really going through our budget with a fine tooth comb and really seeing the areas where there was padding, where there was extra money, money, money budgeted that uh, wasn't typically utilized. And so really trying to get a sense of what is our real expenses? What do we realistically need to be budgeting? 
And can we get that closer to what we estimate we will take in for 2024? The gap initially was uh, around $90,000, which is too big. It's just too big of a gap. Um, and, and so um, they continue, we continue to work on it. I helped in that process as well. So by the time we had our first um, meeting uh, with leadership in 2024, that was on the agenda. We knew that that had to get done primarily because we already had to do payroll. And so we needed to know um, what do we pay uh, our staff, uh, according to the budget. So um, that did, a uh, budget did get passed uh, in the first meeting of the leadership team in 2024. You're going to be hearing about that as well. There is still a gap. Um, it's not as large as it was, um, but there is still a gap. And we're going to need to have really open conversations about what we're going to do moving forward to lessen that gap. There are really only two options. One is to try to lessen our expenses, which um, at this point, to lessen expenses means looking at staffing, which is the by far the largest percentage of our budget is in staffing. All of our staff are so incredibly good at being um, faithful stewards of the money that they use for their ministries, and none of them um, spend uh, unnecessarily. Um, and so or, and the other option is to raise our giving. And I want to say thank you to everyone who responded in December by increasing their pledge, um, especially the, our leadership team who really took it to heart that they are the leaders of the church. And again, that they're not going to ask the church to do anything that they are unwilling to do themselves, which tells me a lot about the leadership of this church and the people that have stepped into those roles. These are people who are deeply committed, deeply faithful, and trusting that God is good and faithful as well. Uh, makes me really feel like we have the right people in place. Um, and so you're going to be hearing about that from the finance team and know that part of our town hall meetings this year, that will be a continuing discussion, um, an open discussion. Um, and, and know that they're also exploring other opportunities for maybe alternative re revenue for the church um, and things like that. Um, but but when it comes down to it, yeah, our two options are raise giving or lessen expenses. And, and we really have tried our best to lessen expenses as much as possible while retaining everything that we do in the church. Um, and so uh, that's going to be part of the discussion. Um, you're going to hear from our trustees. So leadership team also has three members that specialize in trustees. The trustees of the church manage the physical property of the church. Our trustees for 2024 are Scott Kaziski, Merle Brandt, and Lori Bailey. Um, so you're going to be hearing from the trustees at the town hall meeting about the roofing project that you've kind of heard bits and pieces of, but you're going to get the real full details. I'm not a reliable source when it comes to trying to explain construction projects, which is why you haven't heard more about it from me. <laughs> because um, one, my understanding of it is minimal. Um, I know that we have leaks in our roof that is above our education wing from the old office area, the upper room um, area, all the way down the hallway to the quilters room uh, in the education wing. Uh, it leaks there. And part of the problem is that it is a flat roof above that area. Uh, it's been fixed in the past, but those fixes don't stay because um, water just gathers in pools there. Um, 
and that's a problem. And so really to fix it, we need to pitch the roof. Um, and so that's part of what this project is, is getting that so that um, <laughs> once we have that fixed, that we're not going to have this recurring problem. And then there's also part of that project is doing some things because we we have leaking issues above the office area where I'm sitting right now <laughs> as well. The total cost of the project is $124,000. It's um, uh, we have some money that we've used from memorials that um, we are very grateful for, um, which uh, we will not have to try to replenish that money, which makes the total of the project around $100,000 that we need to fundraise for. Um, and so you have seen maybe in the church, there is a thermometer that says roof fund, and it goes up to $100,000. You will also see a slide that is updated weekly on how the amount that we've taken in, again, with that total goal of being $100,000, even though the total cost of the project is more than that, we were able to use some memorial funding to help pay for some of it. Um, we have the funding, we have funds in the foundation that can cover the initial cost. The fundraising is really to replenish those reserves because if we just use that, then we will not have the reserves that we need to cover the, the deficit that we end the year with. Um, and so again, uh, we're going to be spending the first six months of 2024, hopefully um, getting that roofing project paid for. And then hopefully we'll be good on the roofs for a while, <laughs> a long while. Like, I don't want to deal with the roofs again in my time here. Um, uh, so the the leadership team also talked about different fundraising things that we'll do to help facilitate that. Um, and so one of them that I'm, I am personally very excited about is we'll be doing a um, rummage sale here at the church, uh, probably during the citywide rummage sales end of April, early May. And so I'm going to put that pl plug in your ear so that as you go through your spring cleaning, you can be setting items aside uh, to donate toward that. And if you have any big items that you have been itching to get rid of, but maybe you don't have a way to get them out of your house, this would be a great opportunity because we'll also be able to come pick up big items. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, that'll be one way that we're going to try to help uh, fundraise for that. We've got some other events and ideas. If you have ideas for things that you think might especially appeal to the community, um, please let me know. Um, I'm all ears uh, for for entertaining ways that we can uh, pay for this roof and 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 also, you know, be the church together in the midst of it. Uh, so I've talked a little bit about what you're going to hear from finance, what you're going to hear from the trustees, SPPR, which is our staff pastor parish relations committee. They often don't have a lot that they can share in the work that they do. A lot of their work is confidential in owing to the fact that it's dealing with staffing. Um, but it's a good opportunity to um, ask questions of them. Um, and again, I think they're going to play a bigger part when we talk about, you know, future budgeting, especially if it is around staffing, what that looks like. Um, and things like that. Uh, our current SPPR team 
consists of Susan Shavey, Karen Miller, and Tammy Downs. We also have two other at-large members of leadership team, uh, Dan Johnson, who is our current lay leader of the church, and Bob Thuey, who is one of our um, delegates to annual conference. So they also serve on leadership team with voting rights. And then we have another, I serve on leadership team. The only time I get to vote is if they're, if we're split 50-50. We've never been split 50-50. Leadership team often votes unanimously on things because we've discussed them and we come to consensus. Uh, so I've never had a need to vote. And then we have Rhonda um, Arns, who also serves as the uh, I think it's leadership advocate, but she's the one who takes minutes and kind of makes sense of everything that we're talking about, which is a difficult job. I will be honest there. And so that's who the leadership team is. That's who's going to be uh, the bulk of what you're going to be hearing from during the town hall meeting. I will also be there um, and, and available for questions and things like that. But, but I really want you to be hearing from them because leadership team makes, again, decisions around uh, the finances of the church, the, the physical property of the church. One of the big things that hit us in the budget this year was our insurance for the buildings went up. Um, we were underinsured on our church building, and there's just not a lot we can do about that, um, except say, okay, I guess we have to pay the new rates. Uh, <clears throat> and then also the staffing of the church, the HR side of things. Um, any sort of ministry-related questions comes under kind of the purview of me as the pastor and our staff. Um, and so, again, if you have questions related to those side of things, that would be directed toward me. Um, uh, I did say last week that we would do it in Wesley Hall. We've decided to actually um, do do the town hall meeting back in the sanctuary. Um, <clears throat> the main consideration for that is sound. Um, Wesley Hall is a very echoey space uh, and very difficult, especially for people who have hearing problems or hearing aids. Wesley Hall is extremely difficult to hear and to understand people when they are talking. Even if we try to mic them, uh, we have found it's just been very difficult. And so we, what we plan to do is there will be worship. There will be a little a short time of fellowship because it's the final Sunday of the month and we've got birthdays and anniversaries to celebrate. So worship, cake, and then head back into the sanctuary. We're also going to be live streaming the town hall meeting. So if you know you're not going to be in church on Sunday, but you're going to watch it, you can also watch the town hall. If you're on YouTube, you'll also, you could use the chat or the comment function. If you have questions, we'll have someone watching that. Um, <clears throat> town hall will also, the other thing that's happening is uh, we will be having voting on our t-shirt designs. And so uh, thank you for all of the people who have submitted designs. Uh, I had no idea how creative this church really was. Um, and a shout out to the visioning team for, for recognizing and say, why don't we let them come up with some ideas? Uh, and boy, did you. Boy, did you. You came up with a, a lot of incredible ideas. Um, and so what I did is kind of put together uh, a slideshow, and I took it back to the visioning team. And the visioning team are the ones who originated um, the vision and mission for the church, and also the idea to do shirts related to the vision, vision, vision and mission of the church. Is vision just like the like both of them put together? The vision of the church. Can I make that a thing? No, let's not make that a thing. Um, 
So uh, I had the visioning team vote on their top three favorites. So we're going to have two categories for you to vote on, an adult shirt and a children slash youth shirt. We had the 605 Kids design shirts. If you watched last week's podcast, you saw some of those designs. They're incredible. I think the kids really brought it when it comes to creativity. Um, and so we're going to let you vote on your favorites. Um, but the visioning team uh, did the initial kind of narrowing down. And so I gave them uh, all of the designs that I had brought in and they gave me their top three picks for each category. And then those, the top ones from that um, are going to be the ones that you get to vote on. Otherwise, I find it's just too overwhelming. Uh <laughs> it was overwhelming for me because I was like, I, I have no idea how I would choose um, between any of these. And so um, if you are, if you have submitted a design and you don't see it on Sunday, um, I want to say thank you because all of them were amazing. And it's just trying to narrow down the options to make it a little bit easier to make decisions. And so I had the visioning team do that first round of narrowing. And these are sort of what you're going to see on Sunday are the, the finalists, if you will, um, for the whole congregation to vote on. And so you'll be getting ballots for that. Um, and then we'll also, um, make an online version. If you are not able to be at the town hall meeting, but you would like to vote, um, we'll make an online version as well and have that available. And we'll keep the voting open maybe for a week or so um, because I really want to get them made and and wear them and, and get it out into the community and be excited about it. So, um, so that's kind of a fun part uh, that we're going to be doing at the town hall as well. We've got some heavy things to talk about, some not so fun things. So we needed to balance it with some being exciting and fun. Um, and so uh, hopefully that gives you a little bit more sense of what the town hall is about, what we're going to be doing and accomplishing. Again, if you have um, questions or concerns or ideas or things that are not a part of that agenda, there will be a time for that. Again, part of town hall, it, it is meant to be a conversation. And so I am telling you what leadership team plans to talk about and bring um, but uh, you also have your part as well in in um, asking those questions and bringing up things that matter to you. So <clears throat> that is what is happening this Sunday. Um, I also I just want to I just want to put out there just how excited and proud and um, grateful I am to be serving this church. Uh, I've been thinking, you know, this this coming summer it'll be four years being here, and I'm and I'm so grateful. Um, a lot has happened in that time, and I'm I look around and see all of the things that are happening, and the excitement. And I mean, every day I'm having people come to my office or send me messages. Pastor Katie, I have an idea for our church. I had this thing that I think would be really cool. I love that. And I've been seeing more and more of it happen, even in the first few weeks of this year. And it makes me so excited. And I feel like um, every person who is here just has such a heart for God and for this church and for each other. And um, and yeah, I'm just super proud. Um, and it's fun for me when I go to conference events and and I get to say that I'm the I am serving Yankton um, because it means a lot to me to say that. 
Uh, speaking of, uh, this coming Monday and Tuesday, I'm out of the office and I'm out of the office for my conference responsibilities. So just as um, <clears throat> church members are asked to serve in the life of the church, um, I am not a member of the local church. My membership resides in the conference. I'm a member of the Dakotas Conference. And uh, we as members of the conference are also asked to serve in capacities and, and in teams and committees on the conference level as part of our service back. And so I serve on the Board of Ordained Ministry. I have since 2017. And uh, what that that committee does the board of ordained ministry what that team does is um our primary well we do a lot of things that's why i stuttered there for a second uh the primary thing that we do is vet candidates for ministry and so in the fall when we have our meeting we are interviewing and reviewing paperwork for candidates for ordination so ministry candidates uh in our winter meeting we are reviewing candidates for commissioning uh, we have a two-step process. Uh, first, uh, you go through, well, there's a many-step process, to be honest. Uh, if you want to become full clergy in the United Methodist Church, um, it is not a small deal. It takes a long time. There are other churches where if you want to be a clergy, you know, next week you can be clergy. Uh, we are not that way, uh, and I'm grateful for it. I remember when I started the process, um, I started, I declared you have to begin by declaring candidacy and you have to talk to your church to talk to your DS. Um, I declared candidacy in 2011 and I was ordained in 2017. It was six years, six years. And I was able to fast track part of my seminary. So I only went to seminary for two years, but it took six years from the time that I was like, I believe God is calling me into ministry. I already had a seminary degree. Still took me six years to go through that entire process. I just want to get that into your head, how um, trained and vetted and prepared pastors are in the United Methodist Church. Um, and so when I say that you can trust your United Methodist pastors, you can trust them because they go through a multi-year, multi-layered process that uh, the local church has to affirm people, your district superintendent, you go to seminary, you have to be able to pass those classes, you come back, you and then you have to write a bunch of stuff and submit it, and then you come before the board of, and you go to the district committee in order to become a certified candidate. You have to be that for a year before you can apply for commissioning to become a provisional uh, deacon or elder, whatever track you want to go on. I'm an elder. Deacons are more um, specialized and don't, and sometimes work in churches, sometimes don't. Elders mostly work in churches unless they're in extension ministry. Uh, you have to go before the board of ordained ministry uh, and do interviews and they do site interviews wherever you are and you know you submit all the paperwork they're reviewing that and then you go before clergy session your ds's also have input other clergy have input like it's insane the amount of um people involved in the process of um affirming your call into ministry and saying, yes, you are ready to serve a church. And I love it because um, 
it means that if the process works as it is intended to work, churches can trust that their pastors are called, are equipped, and are there to serve them in a way that is healthy and useful. Um, which again, not every system has that um, or has that in the same way. <clears throat> and so I'm part of that process. So I serve on the board of ordained ministry. So candidates come before us for both commissioning and ordination. And we do the heavy lifting of vetting them of, and in my area in particular, kind of the, uh, the group that I've uh, served on, and I think probably was recruited for is in the area of theology. My background is in theology, both my undergrad and I have a master's degree in theology. I care about it a lot. And so I'm reading their doctrinal questions out of the book of discipline that are often 20 pages a piece. I am combing through them, looking to make sure, is their theology solid? Is it is it Wesleyan? Um, do they have the basic understanding and the ability to articulate theology? Because every church, the pastor is the most educated, typically, in theology. They are the resident theologian. And, and that is a role that, that falls solely on the pastor. Um, there are other things about my job that there are other people that can kind of step in if I'm weaker. Um, in an area, but theology is the one that I'm supposed to be able to do, and I really can't pass it off. Um, and so for me, that's really important. So um, I'm doing that Monday and Tuesday, and so I cover your prayers, also the prayers for the five candidates that are coming before us. I'm so grateful for the way in which God calls people into ministry, and I'm grateful for these candidates. They have been on a journey already to get to this point, um, and this is just another step in that process. Um, again, I, I think I've mentioned it before, starting this summer, I will actually become the chair of the Board of Ordained Ministry, and that will raise my responsibilities a little bit in that work. Um, and it, uh, and I just want you to be aware of that, that that's, again, my commitment to the conference. That's something expected of all pastors. Different pastors serve in different areas. This is where I serve and where I'm passionate. I, I really feel called to support and to help raise up and um our next generation of leaders in the church because um, the church needs solid leaders and we haven't always been the best about vetting our people in the past or holding them accountable. That's the other side of the board of ordained ministry is we hold our pastors accountable. We also um, help uh, approve their, any change in their relation to the conference. So if they want to retire, that has to come before us. If they want to go on leave, all those kind of things. Um, I just think that's really important. Uh, I take very seriously the call to ministry, and I think every pastor should, because every church deserves pastors who take it seriously. So that's what I'm doing Monday and Tuesday, and I'm very excited about it. It's going to be in peer. Woohoo! <laughs> so um but that means i'm out of the office those two days um yeah lots of good things i hope that uh you are feeling the joy and excitement that is happening also just put in your mind um february 14th is Valentine's Day, but this year it's also Ash Wednesday, and we will be doing an Ash Wednesday service here at the church. I believe we're going to bump up the time to 6 p.m. for the service uh, and have it be um, kind of during during our 6.05 time because we want all of the kids and youth and adults to come. This is a 
a special service in the life of the church. We are partnering again with the UCC church. Uh, we've, we've been very pleased with the things that we've been doing together. We did VBS together this summer. We did the blue Christmas together uh, in December, and we're going to be doing Ash Wednesday together, but it's going to be here at our church. Um, we're also putting something a little different in the works of doing some um, Ash Wednesday prayer stations that will be available throughout the day. Um, and so as, as it gets a little bit closer, although it's not too far away, um, I'll have more information on what that means. Um, and so you can uh, plan accordingly, but we want to um, make that day a really special day. I love it when they fall together because um, there's no greater love than the love we know from God. Um, and, and, I think grounding our Latin practices and the love of God is very appropriate. Um, and so to start, to start Lent on, on a day where we are reminded about love is, um, I think pretty cool. So, um, I look forward to that. I just want you to have that in your mind, get that on your calendars. We are going to offer a meal at five 30 for everybody. Um, so you can plan to come, and so you're not going, what am I going to eat? Come to the church and eat. Then you don't have to prep it or clean it. And that's just a no-brainer in my mind. Um, and so with that, I hope to see you Sunday for church and for the town hall. And uh, just prayers for you as you go throughout the week. May God be with you in all you do. See you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of What's Going On. We'd love to have you join us for worship here at the church on Sundays at 10 a.m. You can also find us online via our website at firstumcyankton.org or search for us on YouTube.